Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Something that we don't talk about and we haven't talked about in a little while is the housing crisis. And this is part of what I want to discuss today in relation to COVID-19. But should building houses be on the essential job list? One of the country's leading developers wants the government to revisit its decision on shutting down house building and said that employees were warned uh, they would be sacked on the spot if they didn't adhere to social distancing. Michael O'Flynn, Managing Director of O'Flynn Construction, said he realises that not all construction sites can adhere to the HSE guidelines on COVID-19, but many would be able to adapt. He said while he appreciates the seriousness of the issue, he pointed out that some factories, uh, which were not involved in manufacturing emergency medical supplies, were still working flat out. And he says we have a huge deficit in housing and that has to be addressed. Housing is a crit- is critically important thing for this country. He went on to say firms like ours were uh, taking huge steps to ensure proper social distancing. If properly policed, it will work. Um, if we had anybody in breach or if they knew they would uh, have been subject to instant dismissal. His company had to lay off 500 people who were either directly employed or subcontracted at a 10 construction sites around the country. And Michael O'Flynn said uh, there were, they were in the process of delivering around 200 houses in Cork and Dublin areas, some of which uh, were close to completion. Uh, the developer said that he didn't I think the government should have closed down all the construction sites, especially if it could be proved that workers uh, were continuing to abide by social distancing guidelines, according to the HSE. And he said, I firmly believe that firms not dealing with the guidelines should have been stopped. But I don't think it was necessary to close down the entire construction industry. And basically, he said the government needs to reappraise the situation, especially as he expects the construction industry uh, lockdown to last longer than two weeks and the two-week initial period envisaged. So I want to get your thoughts on this today. Is he right? I mean, OK, there is unnecessary. When I say unnecessary construction, every bit of construction is necessary to some degree. But certainly housing would be top of that list because when this all stops, and believe me, folks, this will all come to an end soon. And, and for, for everybody, the sooner the better. And we get back to some level of normality if we possibly can. But when it, the first thing we're going to start talking about on the radio is the housing crisis again. And we're going to be talking about people out of work and nowhere to live. And basically, he's saying we're adding to the problem now by not allowing us to continue to build houses, provided those people building the houses are keeping their social distance. So is Michael O'Flynn right? Do you think building housing should be on the essential work list? Is it essential? I mean, there are other jobs out there who are on the essential list who I don't believe are personally very essential. So let me know what you think. Do you think building houses should be on the essential job list? And if you want to give us a call or a text or WhatsApp, you can 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. You can send us a WhatsApp message as well. Michael, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Michael? What's the crack, Good, Michael. Nice to talk to you. It's been a little while. Where have you been? Hiding. Are you hiding? Hiding under a rock. (laughs) I know. I know. A lot of people are hiding under rocks at the moment, Michael. It seems. Yep. Now, Michael, I mean, housing. I mean, it is important because as soon as this all ends and, you know, and it will come to an end. When I say it will come to an end, you know, eventually we'll get on top of things and we'll figure out a strategy that will actually save lives, you know, in the shorter term rather than the longer term. Or should I say in the longer term rather than the shorter term. We do have to get back to talking about the other stuff. And the other stuff was the housing crisis. And this is only obviously prolonging the problem, isn't it? Well, are we talking about like... 
those big buildings along the quays, or are we talking about housing? We're talking, no. about, we're talking about housing in particular. Those buildings know, along the quays and across the road from me here in the radio station, they can wait. But is that, I know, they want us to talk about housing, but is that, do they really mean the bit, those buildings along the quays? No, 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 this is one particular developer, Michael O'Flynn, and he's responsible for building houses, that's what he's doing. Right, the okay. He's 500 million or not. Okay. Uh, I think I read something. Okay, okay, but anyway, yeah. but I'm asking you the question, do you believe that they should be allowed to go back to work provided they adhere to, you know, strict guidelines by the HSE? Okay, I'm not going to be politically correct here, okay? And you know what I'm like, so I'm just going to shoot straight from the hip here. I personally think this virus is a hoax, right? Oh, right. Of course you do, Mike. So, I do. I yeah. do at this stage. At first, I believed it was legit. I didn't right, think so that. all those people dying, that's not really happening, is it? Well, all this information that's coming out now that RTE won't play, that shows I'm, that... I'm asking, I'm asking you a question. The people dying that are dying in Spain and Italy, the 828 people that died yesterday, for example, in Spain, that's, that's just an optical illusion of some description, is it? Do you know how many people die in Lombardy every year? I'm, I'm well aware. Of, of diff, for different reasons, be it cancer, which would be the biggest killer. 30% of people die of cancer, by the way. We do realise yeah. that. Okay, but, yeah. so, but, but hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no, no let me speak. No, you've no I'm, not, I'm Michael. This, oh, hang on, no, 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 Michael, Michael, hang on for a second. I'm not going to let you speak about it because this is not what I'm talking about on the air today. I didn't want to come on the air, have you come on the air today and talk about your conspiracy theories in relation to COVID-19. We're talking about the construction industry. Let's stick to what we're talking about. No conversation in Ireland about COVID-19 at all. You go to other countries like England, all the other countries, even Italy, and there's, there's two different sides. In Ireland, it's all one-way street and there's no conversation. There is a conversation. There's no, it's, not, it's all believe in COVID-19 and you can't question it even though there's a billion different inaccuracies. Okay, well, why, why would you want to question the fact that there is a virus? Okay, well, let me ask you then before we get back into the conversations about construction because I will. Do you believe there is a virus? Do I believe there's a virus? I think they're putting down, I, I think it's a scam. I did, oh, no, I'm, no, I'm asking, no, I've asked you a question. Do you believe there is a virus called COVID-19? Because if you don't, then we're lost. The conversation is completely finished. I, at first, I believe... I know, Michael, answer me the question, yes or no. Do you believe there's a virus, COVID-19? You don't want to, don't want to hear me answer. You no, want... I do want to hear your answer. That's a simple yes or no answer. No, no, no it's, not that stra- it's not that straightforward. Jesus Christ. It's not that straightforward. It, it is. It's, it's, it's a really straightforward question. You either believe there's a virus or you don't believe there's a virus. Just give me a yes or no answer and then we'll have a little conversation. I think you should work for RTE, you know, to be honest with you. No, no, we'll have a conversation. We'll have a conversation about it if you give me a straight answer to a straight question. Do you believe there's a virus in this pla- on this planet at the moment that's killing human beings? Go work for RTE, mate. Oh, yeah. Get lost. All right, let me go to Donald. Donald here on Classic Kids. How you doing, Donald? How you doing, Ari? I don't know why people can't answer a straight question. Well, there's a virus, all right. Of course, well, of course there's a virus. So we can all have... I was willing to have a debate around with him in relation to strategies, uh, how dangerous it might be, but he won't even yeah. answer a simple question like whether he believed the virus existed or not. Well, the, only thing I, the only thing I'll agree with him is if you really want the truth, don't go to RT, but that's, you know, that's, a, mm. uh, that's, that's with everything, okay? All that's, right, okay. That's just because there is a virus. And let me tell you, 10,000 people dead in Spain, that's a virus. I, I, I spoke to Alina. There's two things going on since this thing started. A, a back between business and... You're, it's a bit windy wherever, wherever you are. Sorry, Donald. Go ahead. There's a big battle going on between um, business and health since this virus started. 
Yes, of course. And it's going, and it's in every country in the world. And unfortunately, the governments are just not coughing on. They think they have a handle on it, and then they say, oh, no, we have to bring in more restrictions. We have to bring in more restrictions. They should have all done this in the beginning. Now, unless this man can guarantee that every single employee on these building sites would stay two metres apart, which I can't understand how he can actually give a 100% guarantee in that. No, close him. But what what he what he's saying essentially is that you know the strict guidelines, and he said that yep. he warned that any employee that doesn't adhere to the guidelines, yeah. it would be considered to be gross misconduct, and they would be sacked on the spot. Okay, now back in the building boom, I worked in the building, and there was guidelines on health and safety. Now the word guidelines means nothing. Okay, so unless like. If, He's saying guidelines, so therefore... Well, guidelines, like, I suppose you have to wear a hard hat and a high-vis yeah, jacket, yeah, yeah. exactly. So he's going to tell his employees, you have to say the term, but nobody's going to be there 100% of the time to enforce it. Well, just if two people pass this disease to each other, you, we all know how much it, it multiplies. What's the point in taking the risk? What, unless, and, I, and I doubt it very much that he wants to get back to work just to build houses. He wants to get back to work because he's losing money. Well, yes and no. I would agree, well, I, with, I would agree with you. There's no doubt he's a businessman and he's losing money. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But he also is making the point that when all this is finished and, you know, in, let's say three months' time, we get back yeah. to some level of normality, the first conversation I'm going to have on this show is the housing crisis. Well, I, I tell you the first conversation I'm going to have is who's dead and who's alive. That's the first conversation I, I want to be thinking about. And, and, and thank God it's, it's done and over with. By, by, by the way, just, just breaking news at the moment, just in case people didn't know. Uh, sorry, Donald, to interrupt you there. But do you remember Little and Large, the, the comedians? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eddie Large, uh, one of those comedians, has just died from coronavirus. Well, no, I, I, I told the, the, the virus that doesn't exist, according to Michael. Well, I told well, 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 I think that's what I, Michael was trying to suggest. Niall, yesterday I was tested, myself and my partner, you know? And what, so, why, why did you get tested yesterday? Because I had, a, I had a, a, a very bad cough and the temperature and the chills. Okay. And my partner works in the health service. Okay. So, you mean, I'm in limbo at the moment, like, and that's not, you know what I mean? And, so, and so are, are you isolating at the moment? I am isolating. I'm walking around the back with, with a dog, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> right, you know, okay. But, uh, so, so you have to stay in isolation until at least you get the test results anyway, yeah? At least. Uh, we'll be told we get, we'll, we'll get hers fairly fast as she's the health service, you know? Right, okay, but, but you, um, you might wait about seven or eight days, it seems, yeah, at the moment. I, yeah. like, I've done everything. Like, we, I, we kept away from everybody, as far as I know. I mean, I haven't seen my mother in, what, nearly four weeks? Well, look, there, there's no way of people protecting themselves 100%. We all do our little bit, and we do as much as we can. But, I mean, if you're nipping down, say, to Tesco or Dunn's and, and you touch a trolley that somebody else has touched, you, I mean, you can't, everything can't be perfect. So there you are now. You have, an, you have construction sites. A ready-mix driver delivers a lot of concrete. It touches the hand. And this man can't guarantee, unless you can guarantee something 100%. Now, your last okay, but, but, then, but then the point he's making is, is yes, he understands the risk 
just like every other job. For example, me working here today, people who work as bus drivers, people who work, uh, you know, on Lewis's, people who work in hospitals. Everybody is, all those people who are in essential services are taking a risk of spreading it. But but the way the government strategy works is we can't get 100% compliance, but we can get about 80 or 90% compliance because people have to still do their jobs and take risks. Yes, I understand. So, so that. he's I've... saying this is an essential service. Well, I don't believe it is, man. Because I tell you one thing, even a couple of months with no houses being built, it isn't going to be the end all and be all of this country. Well, now, you're saying that to me now, but I guarantee you the conversation I'll have on air in three months' time will be very different with people giving out, I don't have a house to live in, why weren't we building houses? Well, it won't be from me, Nigel. I never never believed that there was such a thing as a housing crisis anyway. So it won't be coming from me. But I tell you one thing, Nigel, your last, your last caller was on there talking about old people and everything like that. How are we going to tell these old people that, that built this country, stay at home, don't go outside the door, and then they'll see a big building site opening up? Well, by the way, how old are you, Donald? I'm 54. Oh, I just, no, just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I'm very young now. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> You're two years yeah. younger than me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I know, and I understood when I was talking to Tara earlier on, I will be talking about that email I got a little bit later on about an old uh, 76-year-old who's, te- who's basically saying no one's going to tell me to stay at home. And I understand the point he's making, but it's a guideline. But you see, again, guidelines. The word guideline means nothing unless it can be enforced. Well, the guy she Shea told him to go home. He did, but, like, but how, how angry is he going to get when he sees this? Or he, or he sees groups of teenagers walking around the place or... You know, and I'll tell you one thing, you know, where I live, teenagers are being extremely good. I have to give it something. Yeah, no, no, I, no, generally speaking, my observations are they are being good. Although I, yeah. I am still seeing groups of three or four of them together. You know what I mean? Well, I it'd be credit where it's due. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not and as I said, you know, you're not, we're not going to get this perfect. And we don't need to get it perfect. We just need to get it nearly right. And in that way, we can slow it down. It's possible, like, huh? it's possible. It's possible. Yes, That's absolutely. Yes, yeah, and, and, and by taking chances, and look, if, if he's out open for houses and somebody else is going to ring and say, oh, I think this is essential service, I think this, and where would it stop by? Just close it now. We'll, we'll, we'll go. I think this country is doing fairly okay. Okay, but stay there. Let me just go to Jack as well. Jack, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Jack? Hi, oh, thanks. Jack, you don't believe there's any need for new houses right now. Try to tell that to somebody who's homeless, but go on. Well, I suppose the point is there's a lot more properties available now uh, because Airbnbs are gone. And I right. think that's one point that should be recognised. Well, that's right at this moment, but when the guy, or when the restrictions are lifted, sure, Airbnb will be back in business again. Well, assuming you can get people out of the property then. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be that simple to get somebody out straight away as soon as the restrictions are lifted. But I do believe the properties are there, and we have the ability to actually put people who are in hotels into houses now. Mm-hmm. And we should be facilitating that move. So everybody's a winner in that sense. So the, the landlord's getting his money, but the people are getting out of hotels and restricted space and into houses that are much more suitable. Do you think building houses is, in a, is I mean, before this started, of course, there was a housing crisis. Did you, by the way, do you believe there's a housing crisis, Paul? Before this started? Absolutely, yes. Okay. So before this started, we needed more houses. We needed more social housing built. We needed more houses. There's 80,000 people on the housing list, or over that figure actually now at this stage. 10,000 people in temporary accommodation who claim they're homeless, right? So is that not then an essential service to build houses? It is an essential service, but it has to be reasonable. And you have to make reasonable 
um, claims on it. So, I mean, if you're going to have a building site where people are close together and, you know, at risk of spreading disease, then you, you have to stop that. But he's saying I, they're I, not. I work, he's I work, saying I, they're I, not. I work, in the health, I work in the health service myself, so I understand the, the idea of being close to people, how you protect yourself, and I certainly don't see how you can actually protect yourself in a building site. There are there are other jobs in this country which are carrying on at the moment because, you know, maybe pharmaceutical or whatever it happens to be, where people are not, um, I suppose, keeping the social distance they should because it's just an impossibility. And they're basically saying, sure, look, we're an essential service, so we have to take that risk. Taxi drivers, for example, who are still working, many of them are still working, not all of them, but some of them are still out there working. Um, you know, somebody sitting in the back seat, she's only three feet away from them. So in those kind of circumstances, bus drivers, people pass by them, they, they tap their cards, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, you know, they're only a couple of feet away from people. So there are jobs at the moment where people are close to people, uh, where it's impossible to keep social distance. And we consider them necessary services. Um, and they are necessary. But, I mean, again, it's up to the likes of Bus Aaron or the bus company or a train company, whatever it is, to actually take the measures to protect their employees. So, but there's only so many you know, measures you can take without making the job impossible to do. No, but there's reasonable measures you can take. You know, as you said, and you've pointed this out several times, that we can do 90% of things 90% of time. Yeah. And that's what, that's what you're trying to do here. And you're trying to take the reasonable measures. So, I mean, taxi drivers, they should be able to equip passengers with masks. Like a, a surgical mask, mm-hmm. so they don't when they cough that they're, they're not coughing on their the back of their head um, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so it, it's all a reasonable measure. We can't do everything, as you said, one hundred percent perfect, but we can take reasonable steps. You know, in these circumstances. Right. Okay. So, but you don't believe that this would be a, a necessary service. I don't. I don't think at the moment that building houses is a necessary. I think that there's enough houses available at the moment. Sorry, one second, I've explained. One second, darling. I've, one um, second, darling. I, Keep I, it I, a second, darling. Sorry, girl. I think um, <laughs> there's, there's enough houses available now to house all those people who are in. And I'm thinking about the people who are in this temporary accommodation, who are living in hotels, who are really struggling. I can I only, think, I can I only imagine. It's very, what very it's like. difficult to live in a hotel room. And I just can't imagine the struggle they're going through. No, I, I and, and you know enough. what? I do. My heart goes out to people in temporary accommodation living in hotels at the moment. There was a woman on the news the other night. It's difficult enough in ordinary times to do that. You know, when you've got three kids, maybe in a, you know, a two-bed hotel room or something like that. But I can only imagine what it's like when you're not allowed out. Absolutely. Yeah, it must be weird. extraordinarily tough. And something those, and it's quite traumatic, I imagine, for those children too. They didn't ask for that. Uh, okay, I have to take a little break. Paul, I'll be with you straight after the break. Um, a lot of people are saying it's not an essential service. Some are saying that it is, that we're going to have the same problem as, uh, in housing uh, as soon as this is over. Hi, Niall. Uh, this is Michael from Cornock. Uh, no, I don't believe the construction businesses should continue going on um, purely because these guys will need supplies uh, that means they more shops will have to be open more deliveries will have to be made from mainland Europe or from their suppliers um, so the whole thing should be around isolating yourself and and let, not allowing people to be in contact with other people and for that reason I believe they should not be operating uh, until further notice. 
Thank you. There you go. He doesn't believe that building or construction of any sort uh, should be considered to be an essential service. I want to know what you think. We're talking about Michael O'Flynn, who's the managing director of Flynn Constructions. Uh, 500 staff laid off and they were building houses, uh, which are much needed in Cork and Dublin in particular is where he was building those houses. He was due to deliver 200 houses, somewhere close to completion. And he says, as long as the guidelines are being adhered to, and he says they are, and he says, you know, he's not talking about generally in construction, but his particular construction site. And he said, anybody who doesn't keep their social distance would have been sacked. And he said, um, why don't they consider it to be an essential service? He said, surely when we have a housing crisis, building houses is an essential service. Let me know what you think. Paul, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Paul? Hi, Niall. How are you doing? Uh, did you, were you a fan of Little and Large? Uh, I was, actually, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't distinguish who's who. You know, <laughs> little nerds. They were kind of like Cannon and Ball. Do you remember Cannon and Ball and yeah, Ab- Abbott and Costello, Morkin and Wise? I'm trying to yeah, remember all those double acts. They were yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, getting back to construction, Paul. Do you believe building houses is a necessary service? It is, but not currently. I think um, health comes first at the moment. Health is uh, paramount at the moment. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it comes before anything else, you know, in my opinion. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree no, I, with I'm you. Not saying, I'm not saying we don't have a need for, for houses. We definitely do. We have a huge need. I'd, and, um, of course, health, health is a priority. And I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Absolutely, health is the priority, the number one priority at the moment. But there are other services out there which some people would say they wouldn't consider to be necessary services, but they are still available and on the necessary list. Oh, what, are they, what are those, I know, do you mind me asking? Well, okay, let me say, for radio, journalism, um, okay, that's a necessary service, uh, according to the guidelines, and I completely, I agree with that, by the way. Oh, yeah, but, but, but in saying that, it's not as important as health. So health is still priority. Um, uh, well, so the, the point that Michael O'Flynn is making is building houses for people to live in should be still also a priority as well. Well, we depend on, on the radio and media to, to keep us informed what's going on and what we have to do and all that. So I think it's, I think it's very much essential service, you know. Mm-hmm. And Michael O'Flynn is a developer. He won't be working on the building site, you know. And, for example, um, take, if they're in, um, fitting a, a large window, it takes a, up to six men to do that. To lift the window in, yeah. Yeah, and fit it in and hold it and all that. You know, it takes up to six of them. Mm. And um, that's one area, you know, there's a lot more, you know, where the, you couldn't, they couldn't practice social distance, you know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking of all those kind of situations where it would be difficult for two, two lads have to carry something together, maybe, or whatever it is, exactly, or, yeah. or, exactly. or two ladies, whatever the yeah. case may be. I know it's unfortunate that the housing has to stop, but, you know, you have, you have, you have as I said, health is a priority, in my opinion. All right, thanks for that. Okay, let me go to Darren. Darren, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Darren? Hello. Darren, is there anybody agreeing with Michael O'Flynn at all today? I don't really think so. No, I think at the moment what's happened is it's put the, the word crisis into sort of context. I think yeah. before everyone thought we had a housing crisis, but now I think we know what a real crisis actually is. Yeah. If you know. Like, Do you know so, what? I find the strangest thing I find is when I'm watching the news, be it RTE, Sky News, it's almost like, is there nothing else happening in the world and if, if there is other stuff happening in the world, which I'm sure there is, um, was it not important in the first place? Because, because, yeah, yeah. because what, exactly what did we what fill the news with before this happened? Do you know what I mean? I, I think it was the usual mundane stuff that I think you could say was first world problems probably really was. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. You know, but they've probably got amusement there. There's not a lot of amusement there with this at the moment. Like, of course, of course crazy not. looking at the news as well and just how quick the world has adapted to changing really as well. 
Is it? No, and it's, it's astonishing the way every day it changes too. I yeah, mean, I, I know, I know there's a lot of stuff is the same every day and lockdowns are pretty much the same every day, but it's astonishing to watch, you know, the, the changes in the world on a daily basis. Obviously, people dying, which is a, a change in the world on a daily basis, but, uh, you know, the, the way that, you know, people, different measures and strategies and, yeah. Man, there's lies yeah, and, by governments too, you know. And how everyone's being, majority of people are being compliant with it as well, which, if you said that a couple of months ago, people would have said, no way, everyone's going to, you know, go against it. But it seems to be, the majority of people seem to be taking it seriously, you know. And how long do you think, that, there's an interesting question, how long do you think that compliance will last? I don't know. I've been looking at articles now in southern Italy, and it's starting to, elements yeah, I know. are starting to kick off, they're starting to get a bit restless because people are getting financially short. Well, and for, I mean, people, I mean, and their lockdown is much more strict than ours. They can't even go yeah. for a walk without getting permission, right? So, I mean, and they can't go to the shops without getting permission, etc. And in Dubai, they have to, they're only allowed two minutes to go outside and get a bit of fresh air on their balcony. So, I, I can see in places like that why after three or four weeks of that, you know, the natives will become restless yeah. and, I, I, and revolt. And I think the way the way our government has done it has given us a bit of freedom where you can get outside. And I think once people don't take advantage of that, you know, that sort of way. At the moment, you see people can still go for a cycle or go for a little jog, which I suppose keeps people a bit sane, you know. I still get out and walk the dog, and that's about it. Like, it sort of keeps your sanity. But I have uh, a lot of friends that live in Tenerife, like, in the lockdown there as well. It's a lot more extreme. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't take your dog, I think, without... It's like 50 metres from your house and that. There was actually even posts with people renting a dog out on Facebook to take it for a walk just to get out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bring your dog for a walk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, but I, I do believe there's a limit to how long and I know Simon Harris was quite careful about this at the start when he said there's a right time to bring in the right measure because it can only last so long and, and I understand the point he was making is that if you'd have brought in this lockdown too early it would have been ineffective and essentially we couldn't keep it going for too long so we would have had to end it too quickly so I, I, I yeah. think I think you know I, I don't I think after four or five weeks people are going to go oh, well hold on you know we're playing ball now you know we've done what we can you know I you think, let us back I out for God's sake they have to even because I think what they'll do is then obviously ease restrictions gently which I think will which, give each mm-hmm. time the ease restriction can give people a bit more freedom you know that's our way because it's obviously not going to all go at once he's not going to say alright have that lads you know that's our way yeah no I think I think they're going to have to what they'll have to do is say well okay look we'll open I don't know the restaurants first yeah, uh, or we know, and you know, maybe not the cinemas yet. You know, maybe not the the, the Viva Stadium the yet. Or, is, huh? now, I don't think it's the scary thing is I don't think it's ever going to go back to the way life ever was. Do you, not think, if you, do you not think so? No, I, that concerns I, I, me too. Yeah, I think a large percentage of the population will stay very paranoid from it, maybe a bit germophobic, and we already have a society that's very into that stay in a lot, and this pushes people for their in. They can get more. I mean, yes, up. and with respect to you the know? people who have OCD out there, and there are many people with OCD in this country. I can only imagine what their life is like at the moment. It must be very, oh, very yeah. difficult for them. They'd be saying they haven't told you so. I told oh, yeah, you so. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you remember that story? Remember Howard Hughes? Do you remember Howard Hughes? No, uh, no, it was a very famous American oh, yeah, millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah, used yeah. to walk around with a roll of toilet paper and tissues in his hand, and he'd put them on the ground and walk on them as he was walking. And that's how much of a germaphobe he was. He was obsessed with it. He's probably sitting there in his grave when he's dead now. He's probably sitting there going, "Told us, told us yeah. all. He wouldn't he, listen he, to he, me." He was on to something, all right. Yeah. Regards to the building sites, I've worked on site before, and it, it'd be extremely hard to implement measures where it would be, you know, safe with social distancing because. Like, let's face it, lads on buildings, like, the, the lads, they're not, like, the, generally they're not the cleanest, you know, that sort of way. <laughs> there's a lot of spitting going on, you're getting dust in your face and brick in your mouth. Yeah, you're like, rubbing your face and the sweat yeah, off your face and everything, yeah, yeah. 
It's a dirty walk. job, yeah. Yeah, scaffold walkway is only a couple of feet wide, so you, can, you can't keep two meter distance walking past going on the scaffolds, you know what I mean? And then you're using the same ladders climbing up as them. It's, you know, it's, it's too close for contact jobs. There's a lot of other jobs you can, and I think it's necessary to keep what you can going in the economy to keep the economy going. But some things, I think, have to come to a stop late, you know? Okay, well, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to Niall as well. Niall, you're on Classic. It's Adrian now. Not too bad. How are you, Niall? Good. Niall, you believe we should kind of finish the ones that we've already started? Well, the, the, at the moment, like, with this COVID-19, we don't know how long it is going to go on and mm. what the effect on the economy is going to be. In the well, 30 run. billion, 30 billion they're talking about at the moment, if it lasts 12 weeks, 30 billion. But, but my point is if we hit into a downward recession, a massive downward recession again as a result of this, are we going to end up with a lot of property again sitting idle that isn't finished? Or like ghost towns. Yeah, or, or people just not having the finances to buy houses, you know? Yeah, yeah, or not, um, not, not, not people who put deposits down maybe not be able to go through with the sale. Yeah, like you social houses, which are fair enough, they're okay, but still you have to shut it down at the moment for a health and safety point of view. But um, it's just you're gonna, you could have. We we are starting to go into a boom of housing again, where there is a lot of housing being done in the country at the moment. Mm-hmm. But the problem we have is that um, if this keeps going the way it's going, we don't know how long it'll last. It could last two months. It could be six months. Could be a year. Um, yeah. And there could be a lot of people on the other side of that who thought they could afford to buy a house that just can't and don't have the finances. People on 350 euros a week that they're getting from the state or whatever. That's not going to get you much. Yep. Yep. If you're working in the hospitality trade now at the moment, like, so where's the, like the summer is your time to make money really in that. And um, that's gone really, to be honest with you. Right. Know, no okay, so, so basically just the ones that are close to completion, finish them off and give them to the people who need them and then after that, sure. It's no harm to slow it down, yeah, just to let it slow right. down okay. the right. whole thing and do this uh, social isolation and just see where it's going because it's, there's, um, we don't know how long, as I said, what financial implications it's going to have for the country. Okay, all right. Well, listen, Niall, I appreciate that. Thank you very much indeed. And thanks to everybody who got involved in that conversation. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.